Welcome back to Netflix and Kill. We're Netflix and Killin' today. Yeah. Taking a break from uh, the chilly weather. Killing Kevin Smith's career. Oh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're listening to this, we hope that you had a wonderful Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year. And, and, and um, whatever other yeah. holidays. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa's one of them. Yes, Kwanzaa. And yes. Diwali was a few days ago, I think. Oh, yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, Happy holidays. I can't sing the rest of that song. Yeah. Because <laughs> copyright. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm Kyla. I'm tired. And I'm going to direct a movie soon. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah, we're, um, we're excited for you, though. I'm nervous, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure you'll do great. I mean, like, your your script is really good, so. Oh, I'm excited for you. I'm glad I'm getting to work with you on it. Um, by the way, I'm Marty. Um, I'm the one talking right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. finally, returning from the void is Aaron. Yeah. What was I for the first episode, and then I haven't done anything since? Yeah, you were yeah. for Hellraiser. You're well, here to describe yourself as a human Cenobite, and then you left. <laughs> it, it, I mean, Pretty much. Pretty I like much. it. It maintains an air of mystery. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I think the first thing I, I think the first joke I made last time I was here was something about Bush and or 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. You, you said Bush fucked 9-11 and then you left. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. All right. So what are we talking about today, Kyla? <laughs> well, you see, there's this movie on Netflix called Tusk. Oh. And... <laughs> Um, let me just pull up a summary of it. I honestly don't know what the summary actually says. Um, uh, but oh I think most people just know it as the walrus movie. Yeah, it's the walrus movie. It's the weird fucking walrus movie Yeah, that Kevin Smith made. And it was, well, gonna put my opinion out there already. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so here's the official description on IMDb, and this almost makes me laugh. A brash and arrogant podcaster gets more than he bargained for when he travels to Canada to interview a mysterious recluse who has a rather disturbing fondness for walruses. Yeah. This description makes it sound like he's gonna fuck the walrus. <laughs> yeah. Um, he may as well have, let's be real. Yeah, so just diving right into spoilers, this is the movie where basically... Over the course of it, the main character gets slowly turned into a walrus. Yep. Like a human walrus. They, what, they like, sew his arms Yeah, they, like, and... saw one of his legs off and turned the other leg into, like, a, a tail fin. And they sew his arms down so he can only move like a walrus can. And then the walrus suit that they put him in is made out of human skin, I think. Yeah. And then the whole time Justin Long is just screaming from inside the walrus suit. And it's one of the worst performances I've ever seen of his. Not even in just the walrus part, mainly just because his character and his acting style just sucks, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, so Aaron, thoughts? Um, I, uh, trying to find the words. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what historical war crime to compare this movie to. <laughs> well, we'll just put it at that. Um, yeah. So, I don't even really know where to start. Like, I guess we could just start at the start of the movie, but there's really not that much to be said. It's like, 
the description sums it up pretty well. This guy's a podcaster. Um, interesting to note that his podcaster friend is played by Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, from was, The Sixth Sense. Yeah, which was actually kind of cool to see him in movies again. So, you know, props to him. Um, like, obviously, I wish I'd seen him in a better movie, but... like His sister was least... in Hannah Montana. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, she's, uh, the friend. She's, uh... I've never seen Hannah Montana. She's, uh, Lily in that show. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, he's not really in this movie that much, in Tusk yeah. that much, but it was good to see him again. Yeah. No matter what. Um, you know, wish I could say the same for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess the I guess we can articulate what doesn't work. Yeah. That's sort of the only Mainly. way. That's the way you do a moratorium on something like this. I think the main thing that doesn't work is that this idea just randomly came up during a podcast that Kevin Smith was doing. Instead of, like, you know, thinking about it and fleshing it out more, mm-hmm. he just kind of went with the jokes that were in the podcast and didn't realize that the rest of the movie was going to be garbage. So <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, for, for, anybody who, uh, for anybody who wonders about whether or not a premise, like, a premise, uh, a premise ex- extrapolated through a podcast could ever be any good... Ask yourself, do I want any of the three people I'm listening to right now to pitch me a movie over the over over air right now? And what I and even more and even more what I like to see it. It was literally like at the end of the movie they play uh, the audio of Kevin Smith uh, talking about the idea for this movie, and the entire thing was off the cuff, something he just came up with completely, and you can tell from the audio sample at the end, something completely ad-libbed over live air. And Kevin Smith is a funny guy. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've seen his Q&A sessions. Occasionally his movies are pretty good, or really good in the case of, I guess, two of them. Dogma. Uh, basically. <laughs> Dogma's great. I love Dogma. It's one of my favorite films. I thought Clerks was pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, the, the audio they played at the end, I thought was actually hilarious. I haven't listened to the podcast mm-hmm. episode, but I would, because it sounded really funny. Um, it's just not something that sh- should have been developed farther than maybe a short film, you know? Yeah, I could have seen a short film for it. I yeah. think, like, my biggest problem with the movie was just the tonal inconsistency. Yeah. Of, like, some of the scenes are really ridiculous and get really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where then, they're, like, f- like he's fighting oh, the walrus, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. There, there's some really funny stuff in the movie, but then there's also some scenes that try to be really serious. Yeah. And these really long monologues, and it just, mm-hmm. it just comes off as really awkward, because, like... It's a movie about a guy who being turned into a walrus. Like, that's not serious in any way, so it's just yeah. really confusing. The, it, go ahead. Sorry. The worst of these moments is a scene, are a couple of scenes at the midpoint of the movie where Johnny Depp... Oh, God. Can we look up his character name? Because it's Guy Lapointe. Guy Lapointe, yeah. And he's... Guy Lapointe was an actual defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens in the 80s, I think. I think we looked it up. Yeah. And this is Guy Lapointe. He's credited as himself... Because the idea of, like, a relatively obscure Canadian NHL defenseman being a private investigator, like one of the cops from Tintin, is apparently the funniest thing in the entire fucking world. So uh, so he does these massive, massive scenes where Johnny Depp basically plays, well, I mean, it's an American doing Quebecois jokes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
the, the the Canada jokes elsewhere in the movie are kind of interesting. There's a scene where a character mentions uh, one of the ways in which you know that a character that that the character that the mad scientist who turns the guy into the walrus one of the way, one of the ways you uh, that you can very early tell that he might not be who he says he is. Um, and this is like a really specific history reference that I thought was kind of impressive. And I actually texted my brother to ask him if this was true. He mentions fighting at Omaha Beach when there were no Canadians at Omaha Beach. So then you have, so then that that's that's sort of the way that we build into uh, into knowing that he's not what he says he is. And then he mentions that he was one of the orphans created by the really awful social welfare programs of uh, the Quebec. Uh, are they called governors or just ministers? Um, uh, Duplessis. And so those really work. But Guy Lapointe, for two scenes, both of which, one of which lasts at least five minutes, the other which of which feels like it lasts 15, just does a weird Quebecois voice nasally and very clearly being done by an American. And just, you know, it, it's a scene, and they're both scenes that pretty much do nothing other than tell us what we've already heard before, like what we already know. They're really boring. They're really not funny. And they're not acted well. No, this is one of the worst Johnny Depp performances well, I've seen in a while. Yeah, most, most Johnny Depp performances as of late have been just fucking terrible. I mean, the Fantastic Beasts movie, you, you just gotta look at that and realize, like, oh shit. And then, I feel like, I feel like his acting went down right after Ed Wood. Because, like, Ed mm. Wood was, like, peak Johnny Depp as a good actor and then his career since like Pirates of the Caribbean has been just like awful like that's just my opinion though he's also just like a shit person so yeah he's on he's on he's definitely he's definitely under a cloud at the moment he's a I mean I can say he was easily my least favorite part of this movie Mm -hmm. there are a lot of and there are a lot of bad parts yeah at least, at least some of it you could find some funny in it, but, like, Johnny Depp's performance just was not funny at all. And, like, it was just awkward and didn't work for the film. And I feel like he's only in it because Kevin Smith's daughter is friends with Johnny Depp's daughter. And that's... that's it. Yeah. Yeah, which those two are in this movie, too. They just have a cameo, because apparently... We were talking about this earlier today. Um, apparently, this movie is, like, tied in with yoga hosers and there's supposed to be a trilogy i know yoga hosers is also on netflix but i'm really hesitant to watch it because i've heard that it's supposed to apparently worse than tusk which yeah, is hard for me to picture right now so uh, yeah yoga hosers has a 23 percent of rotten tomatoes while tusk has like a 60 percent i think yeah because people found a few salvageable things in tusk and fairly yeah. and, and, and and to be fair there are a few there are a few points that are kind of funny but yeah yoga hosers man I use this joke somewhat frequently uh, when a movie really doesn't do well, but this thing didn't make, Yoga Hosers didn't make $100,000. <laughs> the last time something bombed that hard, it fell out of the Enola Gay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Aaron. Wow. What? What? Is it too soon? Oh my god. You and your... My history, offensive... my dark history jokes. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I... Yoga hosers and Tusk, and apparently there's gonna be a moose Jaws. But why would you want to remake Jaws with a moose? That would just be stupid. And it gets into the you know yeah, and it gets into like how 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 uh 
how shallow the jokes, most of the jokes are in Tusk, which is allegedly the best of this whole thing. That by the end of this, by the end of the Canada trilogy, they were just like, oh, what's a, what's a good Canada joke? Oh yeah, moose. Let's make Jaws with a moose. And it's just like... The, the humor in this is just like very, very not thought through and not, it just doesn't land as well, mainly because Kevin Smith is not Canadian, so... Well, like, I mean, I guess, like, my bigger problem with it was just, I don't know what's supposed to be funny and what's supposed to be serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so, that does go with the, like, tonal inconsistencies, Yeah. Yes. So let's talk about our favorite scene in the movie. The one scene we really did, like, is, so at the very end, this, uh, I guess, should we get into longer plot stuff? Yeah, I guess. Uh, so, mm-hmm. okay. Let's start from the beginning. So we have these two podcasters who are just total douches. Um, their their podcast is called the Not See Party um, because our, that's just mm-hmm. that those are the kind of people they are. And um, not yeah. see because you don't see them because it's a podcast, mm-hmm. even yeah. though we see them. Yeah. And we wish we hadn't. There's, there's a <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a part during it um, where like the um, the girlfriend is calling. Uh, the cops because like obviously her boyfriend has gone missing and she goes yeah he's a podcaster for the nazi party and then like the cops immediately hang up on her (laughs) yeah and like that was like one of the only jokes that kind of paid off for that the rest of it was just like why would you even call a podcast this yeah um so he goes to Canada looking for stories for their podcast, and he comes across a flyer that is written by this old man who's like, oh, I have a lot of stories, I've lived an exciting life, so if you want to come and talk with me, come to my house. Oh yeah, he went to Canada to uh, talk to this kid who apparently, um, like, he accidentally cut his leg off or something because of uh, some viral video that yeah, it's basically like, a parody of Star Wars Kid. Yeah, like he he was swinging a sword around or whatever and accidentally cut his leg off, and so he's gonna go interview him. But like the thing is, like they made fun of him so hard on the podcast that the kid committed suicide before they could interview him, and so uh, like that's the that's the whole reason why he's in Canada. <laughs> yeah, so building up a very sympathetic lead man. Mm-hmm. Um, well, which though, like un- unsympathetic protagonists can work. It just didn't in this case. Um, but anyway, yeah. So he goes to the house of this old man and finds out the old man, you know, does have some kind of interesting stories. And the biggest one of those being that he was stranded. And I don't remember the entire story. He had gotten stranded on an island or something, I think and he, he was he was on a ship. I can't remember who was on the ship though. Um... It was, like, someone famous, a writer. Ernest Hemingway? It might have been Hemingway. Yes. Yeah, yeah. but uh, long yeah. story short, he got stranded on an island, and a walrus saved his life, and... And um, then after a while, uh, he realized he was starving, so he killed the walrus and ate it. And then he felt so terrible because the walrus had, like, was his companion on the island or whatever. He apparently felt so bad about it that he felt the need to recreate a walrus... That would kill him, basically. Because... So, he... This is when he, you know, amputates the protagonist's legs and slowly starts turning him into a walrus. And then... So then we reach this point where it's our favorite scene in the movie, 
where finally the protagonist has been sewed together and put in this walrus suit and had big tusks sewed into his mouth and has completed his transformation. And then the ma- the villain goes... He's also wearing a walrus suit, right? Or is he just... I think he was and, wearing a walrus suit at the beginning of the fight. And then he, yeah. like, takes it off and then, like, has a, like, something that he's gonna, like, stab uh, Justin Long with. Yeah, so the old man also puts on a walrus suit and <laughs> wants to so fight to the funny. death. So the two of these guys, you have to access your inner walrus. Yeah, so there's these two guys. And just like start slapping each other. Yeah, and big giant walrus suits made out of human skin (laughs) fighting each other. It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. And I think I think this was intended to be funny. Yes. So it is is like the only one you like. This is the only scene you know that it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, and it is genuinely funny to watch. I've really got a kick out of it. Um, and then, you know, we go straight from that back to, like, this weird philosophical stuff about is there any human left in him because he can cry and something... I don't even know. So at the very end of the movie, they, like, so, like, Justin Long ends up killing this weird fucking old man who, like, loves walruses. And, like, so, like, he... Finally, his, like, friends find him. And then, uh, they... Instead of, like, trying to get him out of the suit or whatever, they just donate him to the zoo. <laughs> yeah. Which was really, really weird. And I and again, it would have worked if the movie had been a straight-up comedy. But the movie yeah. tries to take it so seriously. Because they have this whole ending monologue where they come visit him at the zoo and they're like, oh. She, like, starts crying or yeah. whatever. And, like... Haley Joel Osment is, like, holding her and, like, looking at, like, his friend, who's a walrus now, and, like, he's just, like, wistfully looking at him, like, oh, what could have been if you weren't a fucking walrus? Yeah, and, and then the tear, like, slowly rolls down the just, protagonist's face, yeah. and it's, like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel during that. Like, it's yeah. clearly kind of funny and ridiculous, but they're taking it so seriously that I can't really laugh about it? Yeah, like, Mm. I don't know, it's just, like, so, it's so dumb. And it, like, it, it really should have been flushed out comedically more, because it wasn't. You can tell it wasn't. The only parts that were funny were the parts that were explicitly talked about in the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It was, yeah, and I think if, if there's a foundational flaw of this movie... Beyond just the fact that the writing and acting and to a, and to a less, slightly lesser extent the directing don't work, it's that they don't work because this is an attempt at doing functionally. This is an attempt at doing something that you can't mean to do, which is uh, a deliberately weird, deliberately ridiculous, a camp film basically, right? Something that was made in earnest by people who didn't know what they were doing. And Kevin Smith, despite all of the evidence he has given me to the contrary, does know what he's doing, uh, would go in and make a film in earnest and attempt at doing something interesting or just, you know, or just trying to do something that was far outside their skill level. And, you know, that's where you get stuff like Plan 9. You know, that's where you get work that is very clearly the result, or The Room, most famously, work that is the result of a of an earnest and not particularly thought out 
director, you know? And, uh, and you can't do that on purpose. The figures who have made So Bad It's Good movies have never done so with the intent of doing so. Normally they're amateurs. Like, yeah. that's, like, that's the whole point of why it's funny, is that they don't exactly know what they're doing when they try to do it. And mm-hmm. Kevin Smith is a, uh, at this point I'm going to say he's a veteran filmmaker because he's made quite a few, um... And, you know, despite the fact that, like, he can't do comedy very well, um, a spontaneous comedy, like, that is from, like, an improvisational point of view, I guess, or from an improvisational standpoint, I guess, um, is just, it's very hard to do when you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's sort of... So, like, the, you know, the foundational Kevin Smith movie is Clerks. Mm-hmm. Imagine if instead of, like, Clerks looked the way it did and was acted the way it did and was presented the way it did because Kevin Smith didn't have the money and to a lesser but still significant extent the talent to do something that looked different. Imagine if he went back and tried to do that today. Even when he made a sequel to Clerks, he didn't, you know, he didn't shoot it the same way because he knew that it would be disingenuous to make a film like that. Mm-hmm. Clerks 2 was not good, also. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I mean, like, the, the, the sort of unambiguously good Kevin Smith movies, and when, when, I don't know if he has any unambiguously great ones, are Clerks and Dogma. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is a little bit... It's like either you find parts of it funny or you think none of it's funny. <laughs> and you find other parts of it incredibly outmoded. Mm-hmm. Like the entirety of Chasing Amy. Yeah, Chasing Amy uh, fucking grinds my gears now. Um, I read your I read your letterbox review of that. <laughs> yeah, like uh, there, uh, it just the whole the whole thing with Chasing Amy is that it's you know supposed to be about this uh, it's about this guy who falls in love with a girl who calls herself a lesbian. She realizes hmm, maybe I kind of like him, and then like so like she. she the real her is, like, she is attracted to men and women, um, but she, like, hides the part of herself that is attracted to men for the most part because fucking men are terrible, and, like, this whole movie proves that point. <laughs> um, but, like, it's just presented in such a way that makes me feel disgusted to watch. And that might be because I'm watching it in 2018, and it might have been way better when it came out, but it, it just hurts. Hurts different, to watch. Yeah. Different world where there are LGBT artists on Netflix now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have to live in a post Hannah Gadsby yeah. world. You don't need Chasing Amy. And I think that's sort of that for me has always been my 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 main critique of Kevin Smith. The older I've gotten, you know, and other directors from the '90s have at least attempted to kind of cultivate a more reasoned understanding of the work that they do, but. Kevin Smith always has the jaded Gen Xer approach to movies, to life, to media, to any kind of deeper plowing of significant material from his work. And it is really weird and very rarely effective to see a director with, with you know, with 90s sensibilities in 2018 or in the 2010s more generally, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like we're, we're, we're a generation that cares a lot 
about everything. And here's this guy who cares about almost nothing, you know, because that was sort of the Gen X way of doing things, right? I mean, I can't get people to a protest. A hundred people is all I can do. I don't have the internet. And now it's like, and we live in a time, and Kevin Smith lives in this time too, just because he's 40 does not mean that he doesn't live in this time too, where everything matters all the time, you know, where like you can't, where like you will be, you will be, uh, you will be asked to answer for your weird, for your philosophy of disengagement, you know? I can only imagine what would happen if he made Chasing Amy today. Holy crap. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, we're in a world where everyone cares about everything. And I mean, like, that kind of atmosphere also might not be great for our psyches, and I don't know if it's sustainable. There was an op-ed in the New York Times recently about all of that, where, like, you can't have, like, a lot of people don't enjoy things anymore, because the morality at stake is for a lot of people more emphasized than the quality of the work. And I, and I don't like that. I, or at least I think you can coexist a moral discussion with a discussion of artistic quality, because if I didn't think that mattered, I wouldn't be at film school. Right. Um, like definitionally the figures who are making the most interesting work right now look and sound nothing like me. So I would have just, so I would have just bowed out, but because I want to make good work, that's still a part of the discussion. Granted, I frequently make movies about people who don't look like me, because again, I'm 22 in 2018. That's kind of the discussion of right now, and it will be for a long time. But it's a very different, you know, it's just really weird seeing how little that vibes, right? Like, you know, the number of things in his movies, not that, not that anything really makes me mad, because not really. I mean, he's fairly innocuous most of the time, but like... You know, and, and and ultimately, debatably, he's making fun of himself with the Nazi party. You know, debatably, he's he's sort of skewering his own brand with these pot with this podcaster who's an arrogant asshole, who uh, who basically failed his way to success. But you know, it's obvious to him that this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Right. That there is something that there's supposed to be something weirdly roguish to this guy. And I don't buy it. Yeah, I. it just, you know, this character, this guy, Wallace, played by Justin Long, he's such an asshole. And, like, the whole point of horror films, I feel like, are to, you know, present a character who, you know, doesn't need to be in that situation and overcomes it. And, like... I feel like everything about Wallace, he deserves it. <laughs> and that's why it's, like, it, it doesn't work as a, a sympathetic film. Because a lot of the times I find horror films very sympathetic. Because, you know, there's a, there's a lot that you can connect to when you're a depressed person. And watching a, you know, a shitty person get, like, you know, turn into a fucking walrus should be presented in a way that's way funnier than, you know, the the ways that they uh, put it through during the beginning. It all builds up to that scene where, like, the fucking, you know, two, uh, two guys dressed as walruses <laughs> fighting to the death. That shit's funny, but mm-hmm. it would have been way funnier if it had been built up to the point um, through, you know, to that point through comedy. Yeah, or if it was, even if it was just cast differently. Yeah, I just feel like Justin Long isn't a very strong actor. Everything I've seen him in is just, he's fairly weak. 
as a as a as an actor. The one the one thing I enjoyed him in was Dodgeball, and that was because I got to see him get a wrench thrown in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, he is that guy. Yes. I've seen Dodgeball in years. God, Dodgeball. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that one. Oh, you. I think you would like it. Mainly just because that scene in particular is fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, he's also in Jeepers Creepers, and that is not a strong movie either. I've never seen that, but I know a lot of people, because I'm pretty big in the horror community on Tumblr, which surprises no one, a lot of people in the horror community are kind of into that movie. But, yeah, I think it's uh, mainly because the monster carrot, like the monster of Jeepers Creepers, the Creeper. It's just very interesting to look at. Yeah. Um, but, like, other than that, it's just a stupid, stupid film. <laughs> well, if they ever put it on Netflix, we should talk about oh, it still. Oh, God. Jeep- if Jeepers think, Creepers it's a- 3 is on yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say, Jeepers Creepers 3 is on there, yeah. but I Jeepers don't really... Jeepers Creepers 2 is bad, too. I don't really want to watch it until I've seen the first one. I mean, we could, and it might be funny to watch a sequel without seeing the first one, but yeah. I don't know. It kind of, like, I wouldn't want to do that. It gets under my skin a little bit. Yeah. It would, it would be definitely more beneficial if we watch the other two before we watch the third one, because then we could talk about the other ones, even though they're not technically on Netflix. It'd just be a way for us to loophole into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. we could do, we could do a three, uh, an episode that's, like, talking about all three of them. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know. But, you know, the, the focus of that one would be about the same as this one, is that Justin Long just fucking sucks as an actor. Just- you know, um, Galaxy Quest was his first film. That's the only film I've enjoyed that had him as a character in it, and that's the only one where, like, I actually see his character being kind of relatable. I don't remember very much about Galaxy Quest. Well, he's one of the nerd boys that Tim Allen has to call and be like, so, like, what does that fucking ship look like? I know you mapped it out because you're a crazy nerd fanboy. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, it's real! And then, like, runs out the door and has to, like, you know tell Tim Allen all about this fucking ship that he's trapped on <laughs> because a bunch of aliens made a replica of it from the show. It's a good movie. Awesome. Notice how notice how much we don't like Tusk that we've segued into talking about other films. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There isn't as much material to just eviscerate as there is in some other films that you've talked about. Like, uh... It, the Midnight Meat Train. Oh, God. Yeah. The, the thing with Tusk is that, like, it just... The stuff that's funny... I could talk about forever. The stuff that doesn't work is just, like, confusing, and I, like, checked out as soon as it started happening. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing is, too, it's way more fun to talk about movies that we like. At least that's how I feel. I know that there's kind of a trend now of, like, everyone, you know, really likes to just tear apart bad movies, but uh, to be honest, I've never really enjoyed that that much. I'm more of the belief of, like, I don't know. I get more into movies that I... I'm passionately happy about. If there's something funny, then I can talk about it. Because, like, at least in that sense, I got some form of enjoyment out of it. This movie is just... There's not a lot of enjoyable things about it, except for when they fucking fight as walruses. (laughs) (laughs) It is interesting from, like, from a film student perspective, figuring out exactly where it went wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Problem is, a lot of what went wrong was probably conceptual, right? Like mm-hmm. trying to do something that isn't doable if you mean to do it. 
Yeah. Um, apparently, um, see, I haven't actually listened to the Smodcast episode that was, uh, where they, you know, came up with it. I've only listened to the part that was at the end of the film. Um, but I looked up some trivia, and it said that, like, the idea came from, uh, it's a, it's like a site that's kind of like Craigslist called Gumtree, and, like, someone put in, like, um, I will give you rent for free if you dress up like a walrus. What? <laughs> yeah, but it was, like, it was a fake thing that uh, someone made up so that they could talk to Kevin Smith, because he was looking through that, you know, website or whatever, and, uh... Yeah, so that was, that was a thing, um, and, like, I don't know, a lot of stuff just is more funny if you don't have as much context for it, you know? Yeah. I and mean, like, the that, podcast episode does sound kind of funny, yeah, though. I'd like, like to listen to that. I, would, I, I need to listen to Smodcast more often, because I feel like there is a lot of really funny stuff in it. It's just that, you know, when you try to develop that more into a theatrical thing, it just doesn't work unless you know exactly what you're trying to do and you know the only parts I felt like they knew what they were trying to do were the fucking walrus <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so do you have any trivia for us um me used to do uh I'm well, officially designating you our trivia person I'm the trivial pursuit I'm in the trivial pursuit beep, beep, beep. um apparently Guy Laplante was uh in a role offered to Quentin Tarantino um, but like, he, for him to play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, and, I could actually kind of see that. Yeah. Slightly more. It would have been funnier. <laughs> yeah, Tarantino it would have. Tarantino's yeah. accents are terrible. Um, the, um, Tarantino, apparently, uh, Quentin Tarantino thought that he was, um, getting off for a different part instead of Kyle Point, and he turned it down, and so, like, it was just, like, a misunderstanding of what part he was gonna get, and so... They didn't cast him because he didn't know that he was getting LaPlante. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that. Um, There's a bunch of other stuff. Um, Apparently, that stupid ringtone that Wallace has throughout the whole thing is like a clip of a Ralph Garman podcast that uh, Kevin Smith did. um, Where, like, he did a really, like, Ralph Garman did a really bad impression of uh, Al Pacino. (laughs) Hmm. And that fight that was so annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid. Oh, here's something that's also uh, kind of funny, I guess. Wallace sounds like walrus. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Never would have, never would have guessed that. Do they? Do they comment on that in the film? No, I don't think no, so. No, I think well, I don't remember which one of us found that out the first time. Also, for a horror film, only one person dies, and it's the guy that... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, there are dead people. I mean, there are other house. dead people, but, like, we don't get to see them die. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, they, they got killed so that they could, like, take the skin from it, you know? Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. those are people that were um, probably also interested in uh, the ad or whatever to for the yeah. stories. And, you know went missing because they got also turned into walruses. Actually, they do they do talk about that. Um, is that, like, um, in the same way that Wallace's leg went missing and his arms were sewed to his sides? Yeah, they say that there was a serial killer and they found a couple bodies that had uh, yeah. two. Also, their teeth were missing and, like, the tusks that they had put in were removed because the, 
the teeth were drilled in to Ugh. the skull. Which, Gross. that's a very interesting image for me. I wish we had actually got to see some of the bodies. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh... But we don't. Know. You don't. <laughs> I don't even know what else there is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we just... might just wrap it up here. I mean, I feel like... Yeah, there's we've just said not a what lot needs else to, to be talk said. about for it. It's just that the movie is totally inconsistent. The only funny part is the walrus fight. Um, and, uh, uh, Justin Long sucks. <laughs> the end! <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we can all three pretty clearly say we wouldn't recommend this. Yeah. I mean, no. we kind of went into it knowing what we were going to get out of it, but yeah. we, we hoped, oh, maybe there will be something entertaining in it. You know, it's yeah. such a weird idea. Maybe there will be something good there, but there's really not. I mean, don't even bother. If you want to yeah. watch uh, Just look know, up the bad... Walrus fight on YouTube and you'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to watch a bad horror movie, there are other, or a campy horror movie even, there are other options. Mm-hmm. So You can even go back and watch some of the, like, other you know, horror films, like, from the 80s, because they're about as campy as this movie is trying to be. Yeah. Um, hell, watch Nightmare on Elm Street, because that one has Johnny Depp in it also, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you need a Johnny Depp fix, don't watch this one. <laughs> and also, if you need a Johnny Depp fix, why? <laughs> um, you can find this podcast at Netflix underscore the letter N underscore kill. And you can find my personal Twitter. I am Kai the Jedi. That's K-Y the Jedi. Uh, I don't really have much of an online presence to speak of. No. It's okay. We can find you... We can find you writing... scrolling on TV tropes. <laughs> yeah, and writing the next greatest screenplay I mean, of I all might... time. You're, you're gonna write work... Tusk 2. <laughs> I might be working on a fiction oh. podcast with my brother, but I'm not sure. But that... Oh, yeah, wrote... heck yeah. But we wrote one episode and it didn't happen, so we've got to find someone to play the president. Mm-hmm. The fictionally president, not a parody of the real one. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. So yeah. Until yeah. then, stay warm. Um, stay away from walruses. <laughs> and fuck Canada! <laughs> <laughs> but for real, if, you, if you're Canadian, we love you. Yes. And may your nightmares be plentiful.